0: 3, 2, 1, Heidi ho! Welcome to the Friday Happy Hour edition of the Dennis and Andy Show. Happy Hour edition. If you're new, is where we each drink a beer, or maybe more than one. It depends. We are we only do an hour, so I nurse mine. I'm a wuss. What can I say? Uh, and we uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Superman Lois episode three, coming to America two. We're going to review. The image comic, Two Moons, and Dennis's favorite comic of all time, Devil's Dominion Number Two.
1: Wow, that's a hell of a lead, Andy. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know. So we 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 know where we're standing. So what we need to do is start off. First of all, you know, it is happy hour. It's been a hell of a day. I think we both had a hell of a day. So it is time for a beer. This beer, this, and, and you, if you guys are watching our uh, shorts, you can find it. So, mine is Dark Helmet Beer for all of you spaceball fans out there. It's a nice, dark, stout. Look at that. May the Schwartz be with ya. Looks like a great beer. And I had to, you have to pour these in a little bit. So, you'll notice the nice. Wow, that dark, is dark. That is, that is dark. Dark dark, helmet is dark. That's as dark as Darth Vader's soul. Nice. So I will say.
0: Is it full bodied?
1: It is. So last week, if you remember, I'll compare it to the Bladao that Jason had gotten me for my birthday. I didn't realize that that one was an 11.5 APV and it was a kicker. It was great. It was super thick way thicker than what I thought it would be, and with more of a kick. This is more of a a, – this is a decent stout. This is – when you say full-bodied, last week was amazingly full-bodied. This is good. If I were out in a bar and they said, hey, we've got these stouts, we have dark helmet, I would buy this. So cheers. Congratulations. This is a good beer. This is good. I'm
0: drinking – Because it's such a nice sunny day out, and I think it's like seventy-five degrees, so I'm having a little daycation IPA. (laughs) Daycation from Highland Brewing. It's a dayc take a daycation with this hop-forward and complex, seasonable IPA from Asheville's
1: original craft beer brewery. So it's brewed right here in our state of North Carolina. Yeah, and that's what I had to look to find out where this was. This was brewed in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. So we got two Carolina beers. Nice. Everybody knows I'm a microbrewery fan, so for the most part, I'll do uh, uh, I'll do a lot of microbrewery ones. But I already picked out a special one for next week, so I'll tease it during the week in uh, in one of our YouTube shorts. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I don't know. If, I don't know if you read a little bit of
0: football news again. It looks like Mr. Newton signed another one-year deal with the
1: Pats. Oh, I did not see that. Wow. I think it's for.
0: I think it's for fourteen mil. So they're 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 doing. I mean, I'm just like I don't get it. You know, I don't get Maybe
1: it. Maybe it's Belichick's last year, and he's after like, it, that performance, I don't
0: care anymore. I mean, what?
1: What? What's her record like six and ten or some shit last year? Uh what were they seven wins? Seven wins, I think. I don't seven. know. Okay. Seven. Okay. Seven seven and nine? And you're gonna re-sign that guy? Get out of here. Whoa, whoa. Were the Cowboys not seven and nine? And they just paid what a hundred and sixty million for dad for four uh,
0: years? Their starter was at least out. I'm not, I already told you, I don't think they should have paid that much for Dak, but you can't compare the Cowboys and the Patriots because the Patriots played their starter for the whole, for, you know, most of the year. They benched them a couple times. The Cowboys didn't have an option to play Dak the yeah, whole I year.
1: Know.
0: So, I know. all right. So, what are all we right. doing first? I already forgot. Oh, comments.
1: Well, Two- first, first, I brought oh, a what is that? special. Oh, my so God. I want man. everybody to see this. So, you're bringing it. I'm bringing it. James T. Kirk, straight bourbon whiskey, age 12 years. We are not cracking this today, but, man, we might have to have a special show uh, just for that. You know, I've got some good uh, Star Trek. i got some Klingon blood wine, some Romulan ale, some Federation sparkling water, But seriously, that is the bomb out of all the bombs. So one of these days, going to crack that sucker open. But I figured you guys might like it. There you go. All right. So first and
0: foremost, I guess we're going to talk about two moons. Not one, but two moons. Two moons by image. Written by, uh, uh, oh, my God. Uh, I'm blanking on his first name. Is it John Arcudi? Damn it! Hold on, I got the book right here, so let me just look. I I'm going to butcher the guy that drew it's name. I already know it. Yep, written by John Arcudi, who actually did a book with a guy Doug Maki called Major Bummer, that came out through DC about twenty years ago, which I loved. Uh, so two moons. Um, it's drawn by God. Valerio Gian Giordano. Colors by Dave Stewart. Uh, Dennis, take it away with the story. And uh, we have not actually talked about this before the show, so Dennis doesn't know what I think, and I don't know what he thinks.
1: Yep, for either of our comics, we are going into this blind, which I kind of like that. Two Moons, um, it's an interesting story. So it takes place during uh, the Civil War, all right? So Two Moons, it's Virgil Morris is the name of the character. And uh, his Virgil Two Moons Morris, he's a Pawnee Native American soldier in the Union Army during the Civil War. Um, yep. It's It uh, starts off as a period piece that, you know, you start seeing some of the horrors of the war and everything that's going on. Um, and because bad things are happening all the way around, you know, People were dying. They they would get their hands blown off, legs blown. They had to do amputees. Um, I mean, it's it's the horrors of war, things that our generation today don't really understand because we've never had to go through it. We only know the stories. Um, He discovers his grandfather's corpse. He winds up going to a medical station, and something happens, and he basically, his eyes open up, to there, there are actual monsters and creatures that kind of inhabit the world. And he winds up being moving out and putting on discovery kind of a I need to figure out my history, my roots, my ancestry. Um, and it, it's a very enthralling story. and it's basically this first one starts building, you know, it's it's a world building books and we've talked about that in other ones. I like stories. That are world building, and this is doing that. It, it puts together everything that that you want to uh, to see in a in, in a comic book. It brings all the pieces together. Um, he, he winds up seeing supernatural creatures. You know, they've got Sergeant McBride, who's you just see pictures of him going crazy and stuff like that, um, bloodthirsty. Um, Anyway, there's a really cool surprise ending at the end of it, which we absolutely will not spoil, but I thought it was terrifically done. Uh, I enjoyed the art. The art fit in, in my opinion. Um, and I thought the story was gripping, enthralling, and very complete with you trying to bring you and suck you into the storyline. I enjoyed it. Well, Dennis enjoyed it.
0: Um, okay, so, look, I'll be honest, Alligate. Like Dennis said, it takes place during the Civil War. Uh, If it comes to any type of book I'm going to read when it comes to war stuff, I like, you know, I like WW2 stuff. I like Sergeant Rock. You know, I read that stuff because of, uh, first and foremost, Joe Kubert, the artist. But then I was pulled into the story by Bob Kaniger. Anyhow, so Civil War. Not a big Civil War buff. Uh, you know, it, it is intriguing because it does have to do with uh, this guy's Native American ancestry and uh, other worldly uh, things, monsters that he basically sees and stuff like that. Uh, it's a It is a great first issue. It sets everything up. Uh, I mean, it's like Dennis said, you know, it's a, it's a first issue. So it's established. everything's established really well, really cleanly art wise. I think the guy's art is, you know, it's good. It's one of those things because it's not a book that people have seen before. You don't have anything to compare it to, you know, when somebody draws an issue of Batman or Superman or any book that's been around for a long time, you can always go, uh, it's not bad, but I prefer this. But this is a brand new uh, book, so there's nothing to compare it to, which is a good thing. I think the guy's art, it's gritty. It's its definitely not slick and clean, so it fits the story. It fits the time period of the Civil War because Civil War, no tech, you know, no technology, dirty, gritty stuff. The guy does lots of shadows in his artwork. So that you know that adds to the the feel of it as well. But it's just, you know, this is one of the visions he sees towards the end of the book. Um, because I I am getting that right. He's the only guy that sees this stuff, right? From what I gathered. From what we know so far, yes. Right. So, you know, it's just this is where you know, Dennis before goes, I think we're gonna really disagree on this one. And I said, Well. Maybe, maybe not. And the reason I say that is, you know, Dennis liked it. He thought it was good. And, you know, he'll be picking up number two. I didn't hate it. I'm just not a Civil War guy. And the story didn't pull me in enough to make me want to keep going, to be and honest.
1: He, you're, you're a superhero guy. I mean, that, and that's well, why I, it's different. I, but that doesn't, you are. it's mean, your I, favorite. It, well, no, you're right. I am. I lean more towards superhero books.
0: But, you know, I'm looking at my bookshelf. I have a. So in my office, my bookshelves are kind of broken down, DC and then Marvel, and then I have another bookshelf that's all independent stuff. And a lot of the independent stuff I have, you know, it's probably a 50-50 mix of superhero, non-superhero. So I do like genre stuff. It's just like I said, I was never a Civil War guy growing up. My dad always was. I mean, I would get my dad for Christmas and stuff books on the Civil War. You know, because that's the stuff he liked. I just never cared. And like I said, it was a good story. Um, I had issues with the artwork here and there. But overall, I think the guy's artwork, you know, he referenced the crap out of everything. So he got all the, from what I know and from what I can tell, he's really doing a good job when getting all the details right down to the guns that were used at the time, the encampment that you can see on this one page. You know, so, you know, the guy's putting the time in when it comes to the artwork and stuff. I mean, look, the costuming and stuff. But I I I thought
1: it was good. See, I'm more, I'm first, when it comes to wars and researching and stuff, I'm World War II first and foremost, then Vietnam, then Civil War. So it's down there a little bit. But what I found interesting, you know, we're talking about genres. This was a cross-genre comic in my well, yeah, opinion. Yeah, it's a horror book. It, it, it's, it is. It's It's definitely got horror, you know, scattered throughout it. But it's also got a little bit of Western. Some of the themes when they talk about it, things feels very much like a Gene Autry comic. Obviously way more bloody and stuff, but it's got your Western theme in it a little bit. Um Obviously, the Civil War, it's a timepiece, so it deals, obviously, about the Civil War, so it's, it is a war book. But it also starts dealing in to Native American, um, kind of the backgrounds of some of the Native American stuff the, the you know, you get dealt in with, with the shamans and, and the visions and things like this. So, I mean, it kind of deals into a whole def- bunch of different genres, puts them together, shakes them up and puts out this very kind of unique comic book. I think that's what I enjoyed about it. The art was kind of unique. It was stylized. The story was good and it just kind of fit together. I, I said I enjoyed it because I think it was very different from what I'm used to reading. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I just
0: it, it, it didn't. I've read some genre books where I got to the end of the first issue and I was like, yeah, I want to read more of this. This just wasn't one of them, you know. Uh, maybe I didn't think the art was overly dramatic, to be honest, either. I thought it was kind of pedestrian. The, the storytelling's fine. The storytelling gets told. But I think, uh, I don't know. I think it, you know, more angles in the panels could have been, uh, could have been utilized better, you know, tilting the camera, things like that, you know, just not my thing. And like, even, even stuff like this, if I remember right, this dude's getting shot in this last panel. Yeah. I can't tell that he's getting shot. Look, you got the crack. This is the line of the bullet. It just looks like it's going behind him. Okay, You know, I I, seriously, when I turned the page, I was like, oh, he got shot because it does. It looks like the bullet's going right behind him. So I don't know. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a rating of. uh, Oh, look, Eric's in the house. What's up, Eric? Thank you for joining. You know, it's tough to give something like this a rating because. I didn't, I I want to rate it objectively and not throwing in, I'm trying to make this make sense, not throwing in the fact that it's just not my cup of tea, because I don't think that should go into the rating. You know, if there's a, put this way, if there's an Oscar winning movie out there and everybody's like, oh my God, this is such a great movie, but I didn't like it. Does that mean it's only a one star movie? No. Titanic.
1: Huh? We were I swear, we were the last people in the world to go see Titanic, mainly because everybody we talked to said, this is the greatest movie ever made. Greatest movie ever made. My expectations were so high when we went and saw it. It was fine, but it was totally destroyed. I did, did not think it was right. that great of a movie by and comparison. We were one of the first to go see it, and I enjoyed Titanic,
0: but I don't think it was the bee's knees like everybody else. Yeah. Anyhow, I'll give, it, you give it a... What you know, you I, I, I'd give this a seven. Yeah, okay. That's actually seven. higher than I thought you were going to go. Well, because personally, like I said, I don't want to put – if if it was my personal thing because I'm not a big Civil War guy and, and stuff, I'd probably be like, oh, Civil War three. But it wasn't – you know, it was a good story. I just don't really – I'm not invested enough to go, oh, I want to read the second issue. Okay. Even though I know you're going to buy it. I might read it if we keep reviewing it, but it's not something that that I've borrowed books from people before where after I read it, I was like, oh, I'm buying this. And I went out and bought my own copy of it and then got on the trade. This yeah. isn't one that I would be like, oh, I got to go buy
1: my own copy of this. See, and I'm teetering, right? I have been teetering between a 7.5 or an eight zero because- I enjoyed it. I, I said the artwork fit it. It was very stylized. The, the movie brought me in. I mean, the uh, the story brought me in. I wouldn't even say, like I said, it's so unique. I wouldn't call it right for a movie. But this feels like something you could do a television show that that's off of it with this kind of thing going on. Um, the Civil War backdrop, we don't see very very much of it. So I'm kind of interested in it because everybody died. <laughs> see,
0: my thing is, I agree with you. I could see this. This is fine, I don't like Titanic, because everyone died. I was just like uh, The dying. old lady, uh, or not the old lady, but uh, what's her face, Kate Winslet,
1: she didn't die. Rose, no, and the thing is, if we, I'll get back to my grade in a second, but you know, she could have let him up onto the piece of lumber, and they both could have survived. Instead, she let him drown just to have a story. Exactly. Bad. Rose, Bad character. No,
0: and so getting back to this, see, this could – I could see this actually as a 10-episode Netflix miniseries. Right. But once again, there was another one on Netflix you told me I should watch, and I got like barely halfway through the first episode. It was like, yeah, I just don't care.
1: Yep, you checked out. I checked out. So anyhow, go ahead you might be representative of people out there because it is a Civil War book, which is different. There's a lot of people that don't care, that can't relate or don't want to, that maybe they check out. Um, I think the story is good enough to bring in most people. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go 8.0 because I think there was enough there where I wanna see what's gonna happen in the second one. And I think that's the determining factor for me from going from a 7.5 to an 8. Is will I buy the second issue of this? Yes, because I want to see where this goes. It's drawn me in enough. So the story was good enough, the art was good enough. I want to see where it goes. Will it keep me? I have no idea. So I'm going with an 8-0 and with hopes that that this this continues to build. Yeah, I hear you.
0: I was going to say so, something else about it. But but um, this guy, I, this, I see I see books like this. As the creators doing it are really doing it to try and solidify uh, a deal in either movie or TV, which I'm 100 percent for. I am 100 percent for that. You know, if if they're doing this is like a four or five issue limited series and then going to trade paperback and then try. And John's a good writer. You know, like I said, I've read other stuff that John Arcudi's wrote that I really enjoy. Um, you know, more power to them, you know, yep. any creator that's like, yeah, I'm going to get a comic out so I can try and pitch it around.
1: Hell yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, I'd like everybody to put their opinions. You can leave them on the website. Um, you can shoot it over on Twitter, whatever you guys want to do. Just kind of let us know if you read it, what you think about it. Um, cause we know the next one devil's dominion two came out and Andy and I were on kind of opposite sides. And even I did a a quick flip. So I'm doing YouTube shorts now. We're putting them out. And I did a quick flip. And you could already see the number of ups versus the number of downs. And it's kind of interesting. This book is very mixed, just like our review of of number one was. So um, I wanted to pick up two to see where it went because there was enough there, sort of like two moons. What do we do with it? I saw that. <laughs> I seal it. Never to be opened again. That's what I do. You know, he does that to taunt me because I wait till I always put issue number one in the front and issue number two in the back. We did, Eric. We did a review. Eric's asking about if we did Berserker. Um, Dude, we, we did-, did Berserker on uh, uh,
0: Wednesday. Yeah. And, you know, you can go back and watch Wednesday show on YouTube. We love
1: Berserker.
0: Berserker is off the hook. Uh, have you read it yet, Eric? Let us know here. Um, yeah, I mean, Devil's Dominion 2, if that was my comic, I'd just rip it up. But it's Dennis's, so I won't.
1: Wow. Well, I know where, where you went with this one. Again, I don't think you and I are going to agree. but It didn't, you know, I'll start this one off. It didn't pull me in.
0: It It was confusing. It was hard to look at. And I think a lot of that has to do with the coloring. Um, some of the panel layouts as well, but more often than not, the coloring was just distracting to me and pulled me out of the story and the story itself. I just, I
1: I don't know. I don't like it. So. All right. Yeah, that's easy enough. That is a quick, concise, fact, simple review. 4.0. 4.0. Wow. Andy's going out early. Okay. What's happened? Well. So I told you after the last one that they kind of had that hook at the end where you saw one of the horsemen arrive and I wanted to see what happened. Um you know, so after stopping the the demon uh possessed the uh, serial kidnapper um and he winds up having to defeat the the horseman of war. Um and uh he winds up wounding and kind of burying him alive. Um but again, the its story goes through. I, I thought it did enough uh for me to keep interested in the story and where it was going. Um it this one deals with um a demon succubus. Um, so you know, those that play Dungeons and Dragons or know of the, the demonic succubuses. So they're 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 pulling in real archetype demons and stuff from from history or fantasy or wherever and going forward with it. Um, and again, right, was I'm like, oh, this wasn't bad. Then the very last panel, there's another twist, which leads me wanting to see what's going. So the good news is, yes, I read it yesterday. I loved it too. I loved it now. It was action-driven. <laughs> apart, getting holes punched in their faces. I love that kind of yeah. stuff. Dude, we agree. Yeah.
0: Eric, when he, when, uh, when the main character got his nose blown off, that was awesome. And the only reason I'm saying that is because we showed that panel on our review, so I don't mind spoiling it. But, yeah, dude, it's awesome. Keanu, they got to make that into a movie, and you know it's got to be Keanu playing. It, so.
1: Anyhow, well, they, they literally on. drew Keanu in it. So, yeah. yeah. B- Berserker was, as we said on Wednesday, that was a home run all yeah. the way. One of the best. Different type of books that's been out in a long time. Seriously, fantastic job. Can't wait for number two. Um, Devil's Dominion, I'm going to say this. It's The good news is this entire first first story arc that's going to develop, it's five issues. So this is going to be the premise to see, I think, if this book makes it or not. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, Delvin is a character we find out a little bit more. But I guess that was kind of the issue was the first one. It we, we got little bits of her background. We're getting a little bit more. We're starting to find out the relationship with her and the devil, hell, itself. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to be kind of curious. And, you know, I, she turns into this creature right here.
0: Which, you know, she turns into this creature and she hunts. What? What's her whole deal again for hunting people? I don't even remember. That's how detached I am. And I read it last night.
1: Wow. So her entire background was that she was, she made it pack with the devil. The devil has taken possession of her soul. Oh, yeah. And she reneges on the deal with the devil. We don't know what it is she reneged on yet. We just know that she did. So this whole thing is there basically to, you know, she realizes that other people have been doing this and she's out there to try and save their souls. So she's a good devil, if you want to put it that way, that's trying to absorb the sins of the other people and give them back their souls. So needless to say, it's an interesting concept and they're slowly developing the direction. I wanted to see a little bit more in number two here, but I again, it there's was a slow. Really cool twist there was nothing the
0: happening in number two. It was so freaking slow. And then once again, there's a there's a there's a page where she transforms from that you know devil-looking creature that she becomes back to herself, and they don't show it. And I was confused again. I'm like, wait a second, did I miss a page? And I'm like, wait, is there something stuck together here? Did I did I miss something? Because in this panel, she's this, and then like two panels later, she's hopping on an 18-wheeler and she's human again. What the hell did I miss? And I'm just like, Yeah, I'm just done with this. So yep. give it your uh, review.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a 6.0. I thought it was fine. I thought it was it's it's hanging for me on the lifeline thread. If I'm going to continue it, I, I kind of know it's a, it's a five issue arc. So I want to see where the arc goes. So I'll, I'll probably get the five issues and I'll let you know after three, if, if it's going nowhere or not. So it, it'll be on there. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I was hoping for a little more in number two. Um, like to see what they're what they're what they're going to do with it but that's kind of where I'm doing it you gave it a 4 I'm giving it a 6 it's all right Let, let's just see where it goes let's just say
0: between that book and Joe Biden's little speech last night I don't know which one put me to sleep faster actually I do I I think Joe Biden's speech from what people are telling me was about 24 minutes and I only remember 10 because I was passed out so that's what I'm saying so save yourself some Insomnia tablets. That's right. All right, let's move on to the fun stuff. Not that book reviews aren't fun, because they are. But Superman and Lois, episode three. I tell you what, I know it's only three episodes, but if this show keeps going with the trajectory that they're setting right now, I'm really excited about it. Um, There were some great aspects in the show. Uh, yes, we'll spoil some stuff. Um, uh, there's they introduce. Well, we'll take it in order. I was gonna, I was jumping to the end. I don't no, want to jump just right to start that. in order. So you know the the sons, his one son that has the powers, Jordan, is uh, decided to join the football team. <laughs> yep, he's tired of being picked on. Which I loved because instead of starting shit, instead of, oh, take it easy, Eric. It was good to uh, see you for a bit. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on break. So I I like the idea that he joined the football team instead of basically going, I'll just push these kids, you know, these guys around, you know, the football players that are messing with me. I'll just push them around in the hallway. No, I'll join the football team and I'll just, you know, do it that way where it looks like it can make sense, you know? So there's a little conflict there between Jordan and his brother, Jonathan over the fact that, you know, football's Jonathan's thing. And you saw that as soon as he joined the team, you're like, Oh, this isn't going to go over well right now. Not only was football, Jonathan's thing, Jonathan doesn't have powers. So this was really his thing, you know, And now you got your brother who won out of the two brothers. No offense to Jordan, but Jonathan's the cool kid because they always got to do that. They're twins. One's the cool kid. One isn't. So, uh, you know, they started off with Jonathan being the cool kid. Well, Jordan joins the football
1: team. So that creates tension, and it's good. It's good tension because – you know, the bullies are are knocking him down, and it's and it's getting him. To, Superman, his da- their dad, Clark, had to fly in because he heard the fact that the kids were picking on him, and Jordan was on the verge of letting his powers, whatever he's got loose, his eyes started to glow slightly. And then he showed up to diffuse it, which created tension. And so he again, was making the a fist. Dynamics he was, is great within this show. He was slowly so, making a fist. Yes.
0: And you were like, uh-oh. So, yeah. yeah. So then Clark shows up, you know, and and then he and then, of course, the boys find out as if it's not, you know, enough to find out that your dad's Superman. They find out. Wait a second. How did you know to come here? Uh I've been listening to you guys. You've been spying on us. So, you know, uh, that was another big issue that Clark had to deal with. Like, yeah, man. I've got super hearing, but I can't be spying on my kids all the time either. I hear everything. Yeah. I like the explanation, too. Just getting on that as well. So moving, you know, we'll bounce around. They were at the dinner table, basically. And Clark had to jet out of there because he heard a noise. And what? Was it China or Japan? Yeah, it was overseas, you know. (laughs) It was overseas. It was either China or Japan of a bridge. And he heard it all the way from Smallville. And, you know, at first I'm like, man, I thought they were going to depower Superman some because I get it. You got super hearing. But you heard that bridge cracking over there. And, you know, when he finally came back, they were sitting down and the kids asked him about his super hearing. And he had a really good explanation, I thought, about yep. how he can kind of not just tune things out, but it's almost vibrational stuff you know, for him to kind of like weed out stuff. Now, the other thing that, you know, if you really want to get, I guess, an or OCD about it is, okay, so he goes to this catastrophe of this bridge that looks like it's going to collapse overseas, but I'm willing to bet that at any time of day, there's some disaster like that going on somewhere
1: in the in the world. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. I guess we. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah maybe. I thought mean, the exclamation, the explanation was good. It was, you know, he learned how to do it with help when he was up in the fortress of solitude. Right. Again, it was a plausible. Everything that this show does and they're introducing, everything makes sense. There's no leap in logic. There's no. Well, how in the hell did you get from A to C? Where's B? No, everything makes sense from the family dynamics to the superpowers to figuring out who these enemies and stuff are. You know, everything is making sense. So this story writing is has, has been fantastic because everything is logical, makes sense. We may not know everything, but when we do, everything is pieced together very well by comparison to WandaVision at the end.
0: Yeah. So, you know, Lois is the main breadwinner. She's working at the Smallville Gazette or whatever the paper's called. Um, I would have to think that that's a pretty good uh, uh, pay decrease. A so, lot. So I, I would assume Clark's going to have to get a job at some point. But anyhow, she's she's on the trail. She's on the hunt for Morgan Edge because she's she knows he's shady and stuff. So she's getting close to stuff because something happens in the episode – That you know, kind of a threat that you've seen before, and we'll just say mob movies, and it doesn't have anything to do with killing somebody. It's just personal property damage, we'll say, so we don't spoil it. And it, you know, you've seen it before. It's an old trope, but it's cool. And uh, and then you know, moving forward, uh, she she's getting closer to something. And she ends up at this hotel and, you know, she's interviewing the mom. One of the, the one oh, of the mothers, she's, right, that, she's the going to interview this. Husband who's Disappeared. Right. This mother whose husband disappeared. Cause she comes into the Smallville paper and she's like, dude, I got some dirt for you. And she goes there and you know, the mom's, you know, basically been knocked out or yep. whatever. And there's this dude there. And you're just like, oh, Morgan Edge is sending in some muscle, you know, take care of some business, clean up some loose ends. And, you know, he tosses low. I love it because, well, he, you know, Lois tries to defend herself. But, you know, this dude's pretty big. He's taller than Clark. And he ends up tossing her around and stuff. And then I'm just sitting there going, pull out your old device to get Superman. And she pulls it out. And one of the coolest things was she's basically like, oh, don't worry. And she pulls it out and as soon as she presses the button, like within two seconds, man, Superman just comes blasting through the wall. And yep. just, you in know, costume. in costume. So I just love the fact that she presses it and a couple seconds later, he's heard it and his super speed, boom, he's there. And uh, he actually goes, this guy that's in the hotel room goes toe to toe with Superman, so you're like, oh shit, this
1: dude's got powers. He's <laughs> well, it's great. You see Superman's like hitting him, and you see him like. He's like what? And then Superman's like in fa- slow slash fast motion, and he's punching him, and you see it hitting the guy, and he's just standing there, and you're like, oh holy shit, that's awesome. So and then- he, he, he gets his butt knocked down, Superman does, and he realizes, holy crap, and then he's losing, he's almost knocked out, he starts going in by Lois, and then she's like, Superman, help, and then he kind of shakes out of it, he has to use super breath, and start using, he's starting to fight smart, instead of just fighting, And in order to defeat him, it was a great action sequence. And it shocked the hell out of us.
0: Whoa! It was real shocking. And then there's also growth. So, like I said, we bounce around. And mostly, I should say, I bounce around because of my ADHD. Um, To get back to the football stuff we're showing here, uh, you know, Clark has to deal with, you know, because out of the gate, Clark's like, you're not playing football. Nope. You got powers. Can't do it. And you know, it I, I like the fact that they they do have these teenagers, so it's not always Lois having to like talk sense into Clark. because basically Jordan, who or not Jordan, but Jonathan, who's the star football player was, realizes, no, this is good for for him to be on the team. It'll help his self confidence, and he talks to his dad, talks to Clark, and says, "Man, you gotta let him play, right? You got to let him play." And this is why. And he lays out the self confidence. He's he's making friends, you know, all this stuff, and and more than that, it's like, dude, you're Clark, you're his dad. You need to be there while he's playing to teach him
1: how to basically play. Right. but do it but the right way. Jordan does something that is a very pivotal point in in the entire show and the episode. He, uh, he's there to teach the fact that, kids, you got to knock me down. I'm going to knock you down. And he becomes the Ronnie Lott is what they call them, the Ronnie Lott of the football team. And his brother has to run laps because he's kept his brother a secret this entire time. Right. And then the big guy who's who he wound up kissing his girlfriend and he goes, the big guy's like, I want him. So they basically do the nutcracker type drill and he knocks him out, like just locks him all the way back. But then he walks over right when you're like, this is the pivotal moment. Does he go in your face? Leave me alone, you punk. Or he does the right thing, puts his hand down, helps him up and says, I shouldn't have kissed her. My bad. I'm sorry. And you're like, whoa, personal growth from a teenager. Jonathan sees this and starts realizing, holy crap, he actually is doing positive with this, not just trying to be a butthole. It was a great pivotal moment.
0: Yeah. So, you know, he's allowed to be on the team. There was a nice fun moment where they were At this at the bus, the team bus, because they were obviously going to go go to a game. And, you know, uh, Jordan's talking to the girl because she did end up breaking up with her her boyfriend. So it still didn't work out for that guy. (laughs) And uh, you see Clark in the background walking up, carrying that big cooler that's filled with, you know, Gatorade or whatever. And it's great because he's carrying it with both hands, you know, down, you know, arms straight down by, you know, his legs. And it looks like he's struggling with it. And it was just awesome, you know, because, I mean, they've shown stuff like that in every conceivable Superman movie or show where Clark has to put on the airs of, oh, I'm just a normal dude, whatever. But, you know, just, I don't know, something about this show, the way they're doing it, just feels more real. And then the girl walks away and, you know him
1: and Jordan carry it together. <laughs> yeah, here let me let me help you with that really heavy looking cooler. <laughs> it was awesome. Seriously, I don't think Christopher Reeve originally pulled it off the best just being the dorky, oh, I'm I'm klutzy, I do all this. He always it was just great the way he did it. And yes, they were a little more campy, but he was able to pull it off None of the other Supermans going through, I don't think, were ever as successful as playing Clark until now. He has really endeared me to being Clark Kent.
0: Yeah, he's really good. He is really yes. good.
1: So, so yeah, it's a great show. Uh, I don't want to ruin the ending. There's a fabulous spoil. – we're not going to spoil it, but there is a fabulous WTF moment at the end where you're like, Whoa, there's no way. What in the hell is this? Anyway, you need to watch this. This is an absolutely fantastic show. What do you what do you rate in this episode? Oh, I give it, you know, I'll go 8.5. Yeah, I'm going nine because that ending just said I need to know who what's going on right now. So I'm on that. I need to find out mode. So it got me hooked till uh till Tuesday.
0: Yeah. Nope. I'm definitely looking forward to it. it uh it, they're doing it right. Now, finally, we can talk about coming to America too.
1: Yeah, coming to America.
0: Yeah, baby. We watched this last week. Uh, we did not watch it together. so when when I say the word we, It's a double meaning. Dennis did watch it with his wife, and then I watched it with my wife and daughter. Um, Pretty much, the whole cast is back, except for the woman that played Eddie Murphy's mom, because the actress passed away. And um, you know, who's there's another guy that that um, that they couldn't get to come back. Uh, Blanket on his name. Oh, Eric LaSalle. I think it's Eric LaSalle. Huh. Daryl. Oh, that's his name in the show, in the movie, Daryl. Yeah, Soul Glow. Yes. So they couldn't get him to come back, which sucks because he had like some dance or whatever that they were going to do. But since they couldn't get him to come back, I think they actually filmed it, but then they cut it because they were like, well, it wouldn't really click with anybody. But um, so this takes place, you know, 30 years later. Uh, Eddie Murphy is and his wife are living in. Uh, Z- zoom, zoom, how do you pronounce Zimunga. it? Zamunga, Zamunda, Zamunda. And uh, oh, that's funny. Look at this August 7th, 2020. And because of COVID, it went right to Amazon Prime. Um, so yeah, so they're living in Zamunda, happy and everything. And James Earl Jones, his dad, is like, Look, I'm, I'm about to basically die. <laughs> Yeah. Mother's passed on. We're, mother's passed on. I'm going to be going soon. I want to have a great funeral. In fact, let's do it now. While I'm still alive. See it. <laughs> so they have this beautiful funeral to the point of on the stage. There's the there's the dancers and stuff. And in the center of the stage propped up is a coffin. And they open it up, and it's James and it's his dad, James Earl Jones. But he's not dead; he's just laying upright in the coffin, watching the funeral go on as if he were dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, come on, Dennis! It was awesome.
1: It was. It had, this movie had some good
0: parts to it. Uh, so the 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 whole gist is Eddie finds out that he has a. As he's referred to in the movie, a bastard son in the States. And they did flashback stuff with uh, with Eddie and Arsenio that were actual scenes from the first movie. But then they did some cool film editing and probably CG stuff because they put Leslie Jones in it. As the one night stand that Eddie had 30 years ago, they de-aged
1: him. It was great.
0: That, yeah, they de-aged him, and you know, I mean Leslie Jones isn't that old anyhow, so they didn't have to really do much with her, um, and and show you how it came about that he <laughs> impregnated her, and they have he had a son. You know, I gotta say, we're not going to get into the whole storyline and stuff. I just I enjoyed it. I got it. I told Dennis, was it the best movie in the world? No. Was it a good Eddie Murphy comedy? I thought so. Definitely. I love Eddie Murphy still. I hear he wants to come back after COVID and do stand up. I would love to see that. Um, I really felt like and my wife did that. We were back in 1990 and it was like 1992. And, you know, same type of humor as the first one from 30 years ago. So the humor didn't change with it being, you know, 30 years later, there was definitely some jokes that they told that in today's environment, I, I laughed at, but I could easily see people like, you can't, Oh, cringeworthy. You can't tell a joke like that. Um,
1: and I look, look, I, I, I look at it a little bit different. Um, this movie, when you look at the, the, the dialogue and the scripting, th- this was a subpar movie uh, across the board. Oh, what, it had, the what it had going for it was, to quote South Park, member berries. And literally they brought every single person back from the first one that they could just about. Um you know James Earl Jones. Um, you know Arsenio was great. The the boys in the uh, the old guys that are in the barber shop. You know Kunta Kinte and Mufasa. The jokes they were hilarious. Seriously hilarious. Um, Wesley Snipe winds up playing General Izzy, which is the neighboring country, which ties into the first movie. He's over the top, but in a in a fun way. You know John Amos. This was yeah. the best for me. It was some of the best stuff. He's not in a lot, but he makes his appearance still with, at McDowell's. But they introduced their new ice creams, the McFlurby, where their <laughs> toppings are actually at the bottom. That's why they're called McFlurby's, and that's McDonald's why McFlurby. that's why we're different. We're not the we're not the McFlurry. Our toppings are on the bottom. Right, McFlurby. <laughs> it was hilarious. There were some really good parts. Eddie yeah, I mean there were some parts
0: like so my daughter never saw the first one she'll be she's only 17 so yeah. I, she's never seen the first one we didn't go back and rewatch the first one oh. and yes there were parts where she was like this is dumb this is boring but you know what there were more parts that she laughed her ass off so yeah. then when she would snark up with this is boring I'd go really because 2 seconds ago you were laughing your butt off
1: yeah. So, you know, he's Eddie Murphy's got three daughters. They all did fine. The oldest one was fantastic. She has to kind of create a bond with the bastard son from America. That storyline wasn't, wasn't half bad. Louis Anderson, you know, made his uh, appearance. Um, but, you know, Leslie Jones, she, she, she doesn't even have to act. They just write Leslie Jones in as a character oh, yeah. in, in the movie. Yeah. And of course, um, and then she's related to the son and Tracy Morgan's the uncle, <laughs> you oh, know? Tracy Morgan. Well, it's the same thing. You don't have to write it. You know, Tracy
0: Morgan is Tracy Morgan and it's not a knock against him. Right. When you, when you do something well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. And Tracy Morgan and Leslie Jones, you know, if there's a movie out there that they've been in where they are, Totally different. I'd like to see it because I'd I'd like to see that versatility. But for now, I'm fine with knowing Tracy Morgan or Leslie Jones are in a movie because I know what I'm going to get and I know it's going to be funny. Yeah. It's like Kevin Hart. It's the same thing with Kevin Hart. Yeah, exactly. You know know what Kevin Hart, what you're going to get, and I'm fine with it. Now, look down the road. You know, there was that time, uh, and this is a tangent, but there was a time in the late '90s, early 2000s. Vince Vaughn, you knew what you were going to get with Vince Vaughn in a movie. It yeah. was a comedy. You knew what you are going to get. You fast forward his career 15, 20 years. He wants to do different things, take chances. He does these little, smaller films where he plays, you know, they're dramas. He plays badass characters, and he can do it. So, yeah. but I think it, it's that time away. And you know, I think um, the, I think just like when a sitcom, just like when a TV show, when a T, when a when a TV show goes off air, generally the act the main actor of the show doesn't usually have a brand new show the following season because you want to get the taste or the thought of them in that character out of your mind. Now, I will say the difference is. After Bones went off the air, which starred David Boreanaz, who I love the show Bones, and I really like him as an actor. I believe it was the following season, or maybe it was a whole season where he wasn't around, that he was back with SEAL team, that new show. But it was such a different character, I didn't have a problem going from bones to that. The the yep. one I'm thinking of this year was because of COVID, Supernatural couldn't end when it was supposed to. So it ended, didn't Supernatural end last fall sometime, I believe?
1: Yeah, I didn't even then, finish it. We never finished it.
0: Well, it ended, I believe, last fall. And then, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking. It's not Jared Padalecki. It's the other actor. Um, anyhow, he's in a show on the CW called Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger, that that literally premiered like three months after Supernatural ended. But it was easy for me to jump into that show because I never watched Supernatural. So for me, seeing this dude play Walker, there was no stink of, oh, that's the dude from Supernatural. So point is Leslie Jones and Tracy Morgan, for them to do totally different roles, I think they might have to disappear for a year yeah. Or two. So,
1: they had a couple of good cameos. Uh Morgan Freeman, he popped yep. in. Oh, He's yeah. He's always Morgan Freeman. Um, John Legend. I mean, as soon as you saw you're like, is that John Legend? That is John yep. Legend. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Again, it's all member berries. And and if if you had never seen the first movie, that's my interpretation. If you've never seen the original Coming to America, which is a fantastic movie. And you just watched this one off of it. You went, ah, they had some cute spots. But because we have such fond ties and memories of the first one, we laughed more than what we originally should have just because we're thinking and relating to the very first movie. That's my interpretation. I thought it was okay. I'll put it this way. If I went to the theater and paid ticket price to see this movie I would have not been satisfied because it wound up being on Amazon Prime. I had no problem wasting a night on it. I thought it was fine. I I thought there were some funny parts that were really funny. And there were some parts that were just over the top that that could have been a lot better. But it gave me enough member berries. I'm probably going to give it a 5.5. Damn, you're harsh damn well you rate it i'm you know what I'm curious I'm gonna look up rotten tomatoes while you do it uh I'd go 7.5 on it
0: i wouldn't i wouldn't feel gypped if I paid for this in the theater i wouldn't have walked out wishing i had my hour and 45 minutes two hours back whatever it was and there are movies that I've seen that I've definitely felt that in the past couple of years this wouldn't be one of them So, yeah, you know, just, I enjoyed I, it. I thought it was good. Uh, you know, am I going to watch it again? No, but I'll be honest, there are tons of movies I don't watch twice. So, here's the cast.
1: Love it. Yeah, it was good. It was good seeing everybody. I, I will say that I, I did enjoy that. Yeah.
0: It was, it was a fun throwback. It, you know, maybe that was it. Maybe it's because I was
1: like, I feel like I'm 21 years old again.
0: All this right. Is awesome.
1: So I was able to look it up. The tomato meter, there's two meters on, on Rotten Tomato. There's the tomato meter and then the audience score. So the critics gave it a 51%. So they're in the ballpark of where I am. Yeah, but, I mean, I said it before, Dennis. You don't have good taste, and the audience—just tell me. Forty-five. Ah, oh,
0: they don't know what they're talking about.
1: Yep. So everybody else is wrong, and Andy's right.
0: Exactly. So they actually went
1: lower than I did. It's my world.
0: Welcome to it.
1: Well, that explains your two moons review. <laughs> I gave it a good review. It's just not something I have interest in. You did. You did. I, I, su- I surprised. I thought you were going to be lower. But needs to say, I'm glad I watched it. I will go back and watch Adventures in Babysitting before I ever watch this movie again. Matter of fact, I'll probably never watch Coming to, to America. But I, I, I probably won't either. But
0: like I said, I rarely – I don't I, – like – Among my friends that draw comics for a living, a lot of them, if you're like, what do you have on when you work? They'll be like, I'll just put on a movie I've seen before that I like because then I can basically hear it and I know when to look up from my desk. And I'm like, I can't do that because I know what's coming. I just can't do that. And if it's a movie that I liked so much that I want to watch it again, I literally want to watch it again, not just hear parts of it while I'm drawing. Like so, Top Gun. Man, what is this what you know, great point though.
1: Is there a new release date for Top Gun 2? Oh, I don't know cuz I know with everything getting pushed back, I know Top Gun 2 I'm I'm really kind of looking forward to. Let me see if I can find it. Cuz you know,
0: hopefully next week at this time we'll be talking about Justice League: The Snyder Cut. Yep, July 2nd.
1: And Top Gun 2
0: comes out. Well, hopefully, we'll be talking Justice League The Snyder Cut next week at this time. All right. Cool. Well, that's it, guys. That was our happy hour Friday. My beer has been done. Dennis, you know, drinks like a girl. There it goes. There, take the last sip. Oh, oh, oh. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thank you again for joining us. We had a good time. We hope you did as well. Like and On subscribe to YouTube. That's right. Subscribe to the YouTube channel down in that corner, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button so you know when we go live. Share it out to all your friends. And uh we'll we'll leave you this with this one little tidbit that I heard today. Dennis, do you like um Hold on. I want to make sure I get this right. Bear with me a second. I want want to make sure. Do you like Eskimo
1: pies? You know, those ice cream treats? Love Eskimo pies. We get them. They just better not ever change the name of them. Oh, see, you went and spoiled it because you don't know how to act. (laughs) Dennis knows I already sent him the article.
0: From the New York Times, makers of Eskimo pies will retire the
1: inappropriate name. Seriously, I you know what? Here's the good thing. I cannot support a company that's just going to change their names for for no reason. By the way, if everybody likes the Aunt Jemima stuff, Lidl still has it by the brand name. You can still pick it all up. Here's what Eskimo pie
0: should do. Just real small. Like next to Eskimo pie, they do an asterisk. Then real small at the bottom, next to an asterisk, it says, no Eskimos were hurt in the making of this product. Right. That That is physically right.
1: Physically or feelings. Yep. Well, some other company is going to make the Eskimo pie and call it something else, and that's the one I'll buy then.
0: Oh, it's so ridiculous. I, I read that today, and I was like, you're seriously canceling Eskimo pie. Yep. That. Is just, I mean, there's nothing offensive about it. It's nothing just saying it's cold. Good.
1: It's cold. And I guarantee- Well, I, obviously you won't be able to drive down to the grocery store in your Cherokee Jeep anymore and pick up an Eskimo pie as you're wearing your Washington Redskins uniform.
0: Trying to read Dr. Zeus to your kid at night. But you can still do that, just certain books. If I ran a zoo- Yeah,
1: just ridiculous, dude. Just ridiculous.
0: All right. Monday, we have Dan Fraga, Fraga Boom, on the show. Monday night, 7 o'clock, we'll be interviewing Fraga Boom, friend of mine, friend of the show, friend of Dennis. So it'll be fun. Join us for that interview. Come loaded with questions if you have any for him. And uh, we'll be talking to him then. Until then, we'll see you guys next time. Everybody have a great weekend, and bye-bye. Bye, everybody.